Well, I'm looking forward to my conversation with my guest today, and I want to tell you about her before I do that. Uh, Lee Brown is a successful realtor, forward-thinking CEO, number one best-selling author, honest coach. I'm going to talk to her about that, and kicking keynote speaker. So everybody, if you are here and you have questions about real estate, this is your opportunity to post them, or pose them rather, to someone who really knows the biz. Lee, welcome. Thank you for being here. Good morning. It's an honor to be here. And I kind of wish I was looking at cows this morning. So that viewer, you've got a lucky, lucky start. <laughs> Thank you very much. I wanted to, uh, you're in Charlotte? I am. I'm actually in Concord, just north of Charlotte. But unless you're from this area, we just say Charlotte. Yes. No, I understand. I used to live in Charlotte. I worked for WBT in Charlotte and minute. My mother used to work there back in the 80s. How long ago was this, Will? Yes. I lived in Charlotte back uh, 90 to 93. So that would be after she left. She was in the middle management purge in the 80s, but she worked down there for a long time. Oh, how about that? Yeah, yeah. I worked for WBT. And that was when I was there right after John Boy and Billy were put together as a morning show for the very first time. Best show ever. And Ty yep. Boyd, of course, was still doing a lot of work at that time. Love Ty. Ty was still leadership there. guy. He's the leadership king. Yes. And actually, you know, it's funny because a lot of people have inspired me along the way to become a professional speaker and to realize that it was possible, et cetera. And Ty Boyd was certainly one of those people. Just an amazing person. Well, I want to just jump in and start asking you some real estate questions. Let's talk. All right. Supposedly, it's the best of times. It's the worst of times. Which is it when it comes to real estate right now? Everything is overpriced, et cetera. The interest rates are going up, et cetera. But it's supposed to be a great time to buy. What do you think? It depends, right? So the answer is always it depends. If you want to buy a house, you have to divorce yourself from some of the market conditions because it's a long-term emotional purchase. It's not just the dollars. And I had a conversation with a buyer actually yesterday and she said, are prices going to go down in the next six months? And I said, I don't know. They might, they might go up, they might be sideways, but interest rates will go up. So if you buy now, you might be paying too much in terms of price, but you'll have a lower payment environment if you wait six months, the price might move, but the payment will go up. And when we don't know those things, you have to come back to that place of this is where I live. It's where I eat supper. It's where my kids get off the school bus. I'm going to be here for 10 years. As long as the monthly numbers work, you got to stay focused on that because the interest rate environment, you and I are obviously not as young as some people and often we're older than others. But my first house was an 11 and three quarter percent interest rate, and I was glad to have it. We've been in too low of a place for about 13 years now. So rates going up is overdue and it's a normalization of the numbers. And that's got to be a perspective thing. And you talk about living a complaint free life. A lot of it has to do with perspective. 
And so if you step back and look at 40 years worth of interest rates, the average is hovering around six and a half, seven percent. We're still below that. So our job as professional realtors and frankly, as parents and neighbors is to remind people that as long as the monthly numbers work, this might still make sense for you. But for somebody that's in a panic, maybe they should rent because there is an emotional component to real estate and people have a different time frame in which they come to that decision. As far as selling a property, it's the same conversation. Should I sell right now? It depends. Do you have somewhere to go? Is there a reason to capture your gains? And maybe if you're just moving because you were thinking about it, well, if the volatility bothers you, then stay put and add a deck and put some chickens in the yard. There's lots of ways to create happiness, but getting caught up in the market can cause you to make hasty decisions. And often we look back and regret hasty decisions. And with the fluctuations that are happening, I know there's, there's an appeal to sell, et cetera. I've even thought about it myself. And, uh, but then again, I can't find a place as beautiful as where I live, you know? So it's like, it is what it is. And I'll, that's the point. I guess I'm trying to say, as you said, this is this, this is my neighborhood. This is my home. This is my place. This is where I belong. Well, I, all right. I want to ask you uh, another real estate related question. And in my experience, having worked with a number of realtors, and I get to say this because I'm a man. Women seem to do exceptionally well in real estate. Um, do you think that's true? And if so, why? It is true. Women are the majority of realtors out there, but they're the minority of brokers, which is an entirely different conversation. But I think women are really good at real estate because we're wired to be connectors. We're wired to be relationship people. As a mother, I know that I'm organically going to nurture and guide people. And that's what a good realtor does. They nurture and guide their clients. They put their clients' needs first. And it's not that men don't do that well. So if, if anybody out there is getting upset, just settle down. These are generic conversations. Uh, but uh, uh. there is Remember, a, I started this conversation. So it's right, okay. I mean, it's, a, it's just innate, right? So mothers are different than dads. And that's a good thing because you need to have different perspectives and women just, they just land in this. I would say though, one of the hardest things for realtors, and I say this as a, a broker of 22 years, who's trained a lot of agents, the hardest thing for realtors to get over is because the key skill in real estate is relationship building, asking questions, listening, and connecting. When something goes sideways for their clients, realtors just wear it like a hair shirt and they are devastated on behalf of their clients. And that's a really hard thing to detach from. And it is why we see a high level of burnout in realtor life. And I do think it disproportionately affects female realtors because of that nature just to want to solve it for everybody and they want to hold all the problems in. And and that's just not a, a good long-term plan. For, unless you're an investor, um, because I actually spoke uh, last week to a group of HOAs, like 1,500 HOA people. And they talked about there's two different markets in their arena, and that is you've got the investor and then you've got the resident, and that the resident tends to think very emotionally. Now, women, I think, can relate to and understand and feel comfortable with the emotionality of a real estate purchase, whereas to men, we tend to 
you know, it's almost like, uh, in my experience, women will stand and look at 50 cards to pick the right one. Men go up and snack on off the rack and that, that's it. So to relate to someone who wants to see a house over and over again and ask lots and lots of questions, I think for, for us guys, it's like, you know, we want to, we want to kind of move on. What do you see as the future for the profession of realtors? And that's uh, the reason I'm asking that is I've, I've seen lots of different people who sell real estate. There are, you know, the, the moms who do one occasionally, and then there are the people who go through all the certification, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. What do you see, especially with the changes in the market for the profession? Well, I've, of course, been in the business long enough to be through up cycles, down cycles, sideways cycles. Right now, we have more realtors than we've ever had before in the history of real estate. It's the most competitive the profession has ever been. That simultaneously, while we have the lowest levels of inventory and there's just not enough out there to satisfy the demand. That being said, those part-time folks who want to sell one here and there and consider it a side hustle or side cash, my hope is that they will go away because they can be a danger to the consumer. When you don't do something every day, you don't develop the muscle, you don't develop the skills, you don't have the depth of bench to have somebody to go and ask when something wild shows up. And whenever I talk to a part-time realtor, my advice is one of two paths. It's either partner up with somebody who can guide you when you have something going on or choose another path. And it's not that I want to denigrate somebody who's part-time. They might be wonderful and they might be doing all of the education, but that's not the general scenario. And we wouldn't put up with that from a doctor or an attorney or, or even a dentist. We don't go out looking for part-time professionals when I am seeking a specialist for my son, when he's got to go to the doctor, I want somebody who is completely dedicated and knows it inside and out so that as a parent, when I ask questions, I'm going to get the most in-depth answer possible. If there was a part-time doctor who said, let me check WebMD, well, that's not going to give me any comfort because WebMD says everything is cancer. So you think about this, a, a part-time agent who does not have a depth of resources if they're going to the internet, then that's not helping the consumer at all. And I would just caution anybody watching this, if you're thinking about getting into real estate, first of all, there's a space for amazing people all the time because the business always grows. But if you're thinking about it because it just looks easy, it's actually one of the hardest professions out there because every day when you wake up, you're unemployed and you have to go recreate every single day. Wow. What a, a very interesting perspective to compare it to doctors, I think. You're right. I, I know people who have, well, I'm just going to sell my own home. I also know people who have um, said, well, my cousin, you know, just got his real estate license. And I've always thought I wouldn't go to my cousin right after they got their dental license. I would wait several years before I look to do that. One of the things I wanted to ask you about was listening to the uh, news over the last couple of years and um, knowing people that have investment properties, et cetera. And there were, um, and I, I'm going to use the wrong term, but abatements, uh, if not abatements, but people basically had, there was a moratorium on evictions, et cetera. And so 
talking to some people I know in real estate, they're like, boy, come December of last year, there's going to be all these people leaving their homes. There's going to be an explosion, et cetera, et cetera. I haven't personally seen it. What changes have you seen, if any? Well, it's interesting, right? So because we're in a complaint-free world, we're not going to talk about the government. But the reality is when all of the COVID era restrictions started, none of those should have been a broad brush. They should have been hardship cases. I think we all have a heart for our neighbors in need. So if you needed help, you should receive help. The problem was those programs where anybody could stop paying their mortgage, anybody could stop paying their rent and get special treatment. So what has happened is we're just now at the front edge of seeing some of the bank actions on people who have not made payments. Now, the tenants who stopped paying rent, a lot of that is already being handled because the eviction moratoriums have stopped. But for me as a landlord, my property manager and I, we talked to all of our tenants to make sure they were okay. If you're having a problem, talk to us, we will figure it out. So I didn't have any problems with my tenants. And it's actually one of the reasons I think communities are stronger when the investors are local neighbors, mom and pop investors, instead of these giant hedge funds, because as a neighbor, I don't want my neighbors to get evicted if they've got something going on, but the hedge funds are a emotional or an anti-emotional or whatever. They don't care. And when you look at the more the mortgage issues, so the mortgage moratorium that went on, we are going to see some foreclosures come up. And the challenge is that people just quit paying the mortgage. And so they got out of the habit. I think it's very similar to what's happened with student loans because that was given a two and a half year break at this point. So even people who could be making payments haven't had to. Well, it's just like having a pocketbook and you might not know how this works well, but your viewers do. If you have a small pocketbook, it's full. And then you get a bigger pocketbook and you fill it back up. You will always fill that space. And the same thing happens with your money. When you take it out of the bucket of mortgage or student loan payments, it's going to go somewhere else. Americans aren't wired to just sit back and save it till they are going to have to pay it off. And I had a conversation with a homeowner just this past week. They have a ton of equity in the house, but they haven't made a payment in two and a half years. The bank called me because banks tend to go through realtors and they said, go find out what the situation is. We would like to work something out with them. Banks don't really want to foreclose. It's a very expensive and tedious process. So when I talked to the homeowner, I said, the bank would like to work something out with you. And they said, we're not interested. I said, well, then we could sell it because you have equity. And they said, we don't want to sell. And I said, the bank's going to take your house because you have defaulted on the note. Well, they can't take it because we have equity. And so it, it becomes this very difficult process of education. And that's where we are in the process. So I think it's within the next 12 months, you will start to see some properties enter the market, but the banks have a disincentive to foreclose. So hopefully it won't be nearly as severe as what we saw in eight, nine, 10 and 11. You know, it's funny. I listen. There's a podcast I listen to every day, uh, The Daily from New York Times, and it's been talking about student loans so much. And I'm like, why is this all of a sudden issue? And it's exactly what you said. They said that people have had this moratorium about paying them. And once it's gone, you tend to think it's no longer my responsibility. And they said that the biggest challenge is going to be if it's decided not to forgive student loans to get people to start back 
paying them in their minds because their nature abhors a vacuum. Just like you said, nature wants a full purse. And so that money's gone. It's committed somewhere else. It's kind of amazing. Well, in the few last minutes, real quick, I want to introduce again, Lee Brown, her name, uh, her URL is Lee Brown, L-E-I-G-H Brown.com. I want to ask you about some public policy and property rights issues. Do you wanted to touch on this? And I'd love to just kind of give you free reign to share what you think is important for the general audience. Well, I will just start by saying that the general public tends to think of realtors as dressing up and driving around. You watch HGTV and don't think that realtors do very much. But one thing you have to know is that we as realtors are the world's largest trade association and we have a ton of political advocacy impact on the local level, the state level, and the federal level. And we use our size not to fight for realtors as much as we fight for our neighbors because the issues that we work on are just not sexy at all. The thing happens, though, if we are not fighting these battles, it's you, the homeowner, you, the investor, you, the renter, who get punished by it because Nobody talks about flood insurance until they have a flood. And our current flood insurance program has been in need of reform for years. But our elected officials keep kicking the can because they hate to make a decision. Again, complaint-free world, we're not going to talk about them. But the realtors are up there all You're the time. You're stating facts. It's okay. Whew. The realtors are there to make sure that there is an option. And you think about the narrative that we are often fed by the media machine would tell you that flood insurance is protecting multi-million dollar houses on the coast. Well, that's not the reality. A lot of the folks that are impacted by flood are grandmothers who've been in a house 40 years that's never flooded, but FEMA redrew the lines or they are somewhere near a creek or a watershed and they may or may not have a mortgage on the house without flood insurance, where would grandma go? And she can't just pick up and move. And so realtors are there to make sure that we're thinking about the impact of what happens to every neighbor in every zip code. One of the situations that has come up recently is with your primary residence where you live, you receive capital gains exemption two out of five years as long as you live in that house. And that has saved a lot of people, which with their savings because your house is typically your best nest egg. The 401k is very volatile. Some people don't even have one. They may have a pension. They don't know, but the house becomes the best nest egg for most Americans. And they don't want to pay taxes on that game because that's their, their retirement nest egg. So there are of course limits on this. But when we were looking at tax reform in 2017, there was a proposal that you would have to stay in your house five out of eight years instead of two out of five, which would, definitely slow down the volume in the market. And realtors work with our champions, and one of which is Senator Tim Scott from South Carolina, who's a very good friend of mine. Tim went to the conference committee and said, we can't change this rule. We've got to keep the time frame in place to protect people when they have to move, divorce, job relocation, death, estate sales. There's lots of reasons that people transfer houses. That's the kind of policy work realtors are doing. You'll never see it in the media, though, because it's not going to make people fight. It's not going to get a click for a headline, but it's very important to our neighbors. And so that's the work realtors are doing. And if you are out there thinking of buying and selling a house, make sure you ask your realtor if they're involved in these things, because 
when we talk about the shortage of houses, it's realtors that are right there with planning and zoning trying to create solutions. We talk about the affordability crisis. Many young people now are very concerned about whether they will ever be able to afford a house. It's realtors that are making those asks on behalf of them because it's only fun for the media if it's a crisis, but realtors are interested in solutions. And that's why I'm just so honored to be a part of the advocacy work. And it's why I've made friends of elected officials, because they have to know that we as voters are paying attention to more than what's on the nightly news. When I spoke to this uh, group of realtors, which I was instructed that it is realtors, um, <laughs> the pronunciation uh, You've it done was a in, very good job, Will. You said it right every time. Thank you very much. Although I do joke in private, I've seen a chiropractor for years, but I don't hear their commercials, you know, chiropractors, but that's okay. I do think it's a hook that hangs in your brain when you hear it. And then, and I'm sure you get people who ask if you're a real tour, but it was done in the, the, the event was in DC so that uh, they could go and visit all of their various uh, uh, Congress people and uh, senators, and it did not, senators, and it didn't occur to me <laughs> uh, how we as individual homeowners and purchasers benefit from the work that realtors do. So I think that's really cool. Well, without realtors, nobody else is going to talk about property taxes until it's too late. And we have to remember that's the, the challenge we have as citizens. If we don't say something until after a piece of legislation has been enacted, it's too late because they don't like to undo legislation. Obviously, look at the fights that are happening right now over undoing anything. We want to be proactive, and that's what realtors do. And we do it with yeah. a smile on our face. <laughs> Wonderful. Well, speaking of a smile on your face, this is your opportunity to like, comment, and share whatever medium, wherever you are watching this. We appreciate you doing so. We email these out to about 10,000 people every day, and we get a lot of watches and views, and we are grateful for that. Lee has a dream home guide that's available for you, and the uh, link is in the description, so check that out. Lee, any parting thoughts you'd like to share with us before we say TTFN? I would just say that if you know a realtor and everybody does, tell them thank you because in the last two and a half years of the COVID era with real estate being the most exciting segment of the economy, they haven't had a day off. They're exhausted by the multiple offer situations and they're doing the best that they can. So just give them a high five and help support them. Realtors often don't get any thanks until things go completely wild and haywire. So if you thank them just for surviving, I think that matters a lot. Good point. I have a, several friends who are realtors and they say, man, I'm making more money than I have ever made and I have no time to enjoy it. So let's see that happening in the very near future. Lee, thank you very much for being with me. Once again, her email or rather her URL, L-E-I-G-H Brown, LeeBrown.com. Lee, thanks. Enjoy today. Thank you for having me. It's an honor. Bye-bye. No more, no more complaining people. Their lives are changing. We're flying high, creating a complaint-free world. No more, no more complaining people. Their lives are changing.